This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler, General Manager here at WZIP. Today we're talking about... Well, I, I like to think we always talk about something important, but today we're talking about an important, what I'll call sort of an umbrella issue, because we're going to hit it from a couple of different angles. Uh, Larry Purnell is going to be uh, joining us in just a couple of minutes, and um, he's going to talk about his role as a youth ambassador um, for this event that's coming up on Saturday, February 11th at the Knight Center downtown. Dr. John Queener is also in the studio. He's a psychology prof- professor here at the university. And um, in this capacity also is the executive director of the Minority Behavioral Health Group. Also, it's in Akron, right? Yes. Okay. You know, John, first of all, um, I think it's, it's interesting, and I think it's the mission of so many scholars, um, difficult to pull off sometimes. But in your case, you're, you're taking all of your years of of research and, and presentation and, and knowledge building, and not only using that to help educate people on our campus, but also taking it out into the community and applying it in a completely different way. Has, was that always your your goal? Yes. Um, I come from a old black studies philosophy that says there should be a connection between the academy and the community. And so what I do here on campus, I think it also should help and filter into the community, especially the black community. Well, I was just going to say the name of the, organ- the, name of the agency is Minority Behavioral Health Group, Minority. Mm-hmm. So you are focusing on, on, on groups that have, have been underrepresented, um, untreated, um, issues with access, to various types of healthcare, including mental health. Is that correct? Correct. There's usually four areas in the research that says there's problems in terms of racial disparities in mental health. One is underutilization, where persons may need mental health services but don't think it's been built for them. Mm-hmm. Second, even when they go for services, they leave or prematurely terminate because they go there and find it's not meeting their needs. Third, we find that because of the Um, failure to incorporate culture that sometimes persons are misdiagnosed. And when they're misdiagnosed, the interventions or treatments that they provide are also inappropriate. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that can lead to some very serious, you know, problems, you know, more serious than when they walked in the door. I mean, and they might abandon any future mental health treatment because of it. Correct. Yeah. Um, You know, based on um, what you know through, through your research or just through practice, are we doing better? With all the things you just described, I mean, are we, we're, it's never going to be perfect, but are we, are we striving toward that? <laughs> yes and no. I wish I could say just yes, yeah, but yes sure. and no. It seems like sometimes every time we take several steps forward, we take several steps backward. But I would think, at least in the field of psychology now, there's a explicit knowledge that in order to treat everyone, you have to come across as culturally appropriate so that we can't just use Western middle-class theories and apply those to everyone, that you either have to adapt those theories or develop theories where the culture of the group you're trying to present is consistent with the mental health treatment you're trying to provide. Mm-hmm. Are there um, uh, special needs, I guess, for, you know, for younger people? Are we seeing any trends with this, 
you know, group of people who are like 12 to 24 years old? Yes. Unfortunately, what we're finding, especially in the black community, is an increase in suicidal ideation and actually completing suicide. So that's definitely a race that we do not want to win, but we're seeing an increase there. And overall, we're finding an increase in depression and anxiety. And in fact, I just recently talked to a person who worked with a six-year-old suffering from depression. So we're really doing something wrong in our society when someone as young as six experiencing depression. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to you in a few minutes. I'd, I'd like to know if, if you know, there's some advice you have for people who um, may not be able to attend the Four Hope Crisis Text Line event coming up um, or otherwise are in need of information, whether it's whether it's treatment, um, whether it's just approaches that we can take at home, um, uh, you know, better education that we can get, and maybe, maybe you can offer some tips to people um, along that line. I mentioned the Four Hope Crisis Text Line event. That is the event I mentioned a few minutes ago that's going to be on the 11th at the Knight Center in downtown Akron. Larry Purnell is here. And Larry, this is kind of interesting because, Larry, you, um, I met you, I don't know, a few months ago. Um, you uh, went through our school communication internship stuff and have been interning at Singleton Partners in, that's in the Cleveland area, right? Yes. Okay. What, what, how's, what was the internship like? And you're actually still doing it, so. Yeah, it was, it was so exciting, and it still is. Um, I think when I first went there, um, her name is Tanya Bloke. She um, hired me for the internship at Singleton and Partners in Cleveland. And she um, showed me the production department. And I was so um, excited and amazed to see how many possibilities um, I could I could, you know, of working there, the possibilities of like doing a podcast or watching production happen for a commercial. There were so many different avenues I didn't see before getting hired at Singleton and Partners. So it was it was so exciting. And Singleton and Partners is, um, uh, you know, representing this this event, and um, you are designated as a youth ambassador. So mm-hmm. before we get to what is a youth ambassador, let's talk about what is this event. Um, this is I, I keep saying it happening at the Knight Center, your Mental Health Matters Open Mic Summit. And there's yes. a bunch of things that, that I think are happening that day. What are some of them? Well, we're going to have some guests, um, poets there, and they're going to be doing some spoken word performances. Our guests are Avery Lamar Pope and um, Morgan Short. They're going to start us off on um, with the event with a performance, and um, they they are really talented when speaking about um, their experience um, being being black and having to do with mental health issues. They did a, a great performance, a great piece, and our first event mm-hmm. in Ac- in Cleveland, Ohio, at um, S and P Work Lab, and. It was um, it was really great to be there to see um, how powerful uh, spoken word is, you know, when it's talking about mental health and about your experience being black and how it may be different. And, you know, just um, being honest and uh, vulnerable about it in a way that's creative and that could maybe um, impact someone else who doesn't have the words to explain how they're feeling mm-hmm. regarding mental health. And, you know, Larry or Dr. Queener, do you, do you think that, you know, that's important for people to, um, 
I guess maybe to, to hear from other people where they have some, some things in common, um, I guess to know that they're not, they're not the only ones. I mean, it's just, I mean, it seems obvious, but I don't know if, if people feel that. Yeah, that's really important because sometimes people come from communities where they grow up and they're told whatever happens in this household stays in this household. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes prevent people from seeking out the mental health services that they need. And what I find often is that people will wait until the issue becomes really serious. And if we could have intervened at an earlier point in the situation, then the person could have maybe avoided a lot of the other fallout from that. So I have an old saying that if you pick me up when I start slipping, you won't have to pick me up off the floor when I fall. And so that basically means that we can prevent things from happening, then the outcome is usually a lot better. You know, we hear a lot about how there's less of a stigma attached and that it's, it's, it's okay now to, um, you know, to seek help and, and to talk out loud about how, you know, maybe you've dealt with a clinical depression or, or something else. Is that stigma, because what, what you're telling me just now makes me wonder if that stigma is still stronger in the black community than perhaps other communities? Yes, that's a pretty interesting question. If you would have asked me this maybe 20 years ago, I would say definitely yes. However, I also find that if you come in a culturally appropriate way, then people will come. For instance, when we started Minority Behavioral Health Group, people said, how are you going to build a business on a service that the black community really doesn't utilize? Well, we currently have a waiting list, and we've been having a waiting list for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So what I find is if you come in a culturally appropriate way, then the people will actually come to your services, and you minimize some of the stigma that's attached to mental health. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, Larry, what were some of your other—you attended the event in Cleveland last year. Yes. Um, And you talked about the poetry and how powerful that was. What— you know, what else did you get out of it as somebody, and were you there as a youth ambassador that time as well? Yes, I was. Um, I was there and I uh, was just helping set up things beforehand. But I think the biggest thing I took away from the event was um, hearing from the psychologist who was the community partner for the event, which mm-hmm. was Project Lift Services. And um, they they really opened my mind of how specific mental health is for different people. You know, um, we had a therapist and she only gives therapy to black men. And she was talking about specifically how mental health issues aren't always as easy to talk about with black men and how the, um, the, the access and reaching out for help and, you know, finding the words to say, I'm struggling with my mental health because of this, you know, it's it's more difficult for black men. And she really she really explained uh, the positionality of of trying to find mental health resources from that position. And I, I think that's exactly why um, we have the Open Mic Summit, right? Um, yes. And my understanding is there's going to be another uh, panel of, of professionals to, that can um, I say whatever they're going to say. I don't know exactly what they're <laughs> going to talk about, but I mean... <laughs> What the, the open mic part, what does that mean exactly? So we have a sign-up sheet for the open mic. Um, on our flyer, you can, um, there's a QR code and you can scan it and it will go to the Eventbrite page and it will, uh, you can RSVP to our event, um, which is on February 11th at the Jonas Knight Center. 
Um, but the open mic uh, portion of this event is that you can sign up and you can perform um, a spoken word performance or you can sing or you can do performance that pertains to uh, mental health. Um, maybe you wrote a poem that um, talks about your mental health or you want to perform a song that um, makes you feel better when you're struggling through mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So um, that portion of the event is going to be two hours. So if you'd want to come by, you can um, sign up uh, on our Eventbrite. And it's also a really great opportunity to maybe practice if you're um, nervous. So it's going to be a really small event, so you could come and you could feel welcomed. It's a really safe space to um, speak about your uh, mental health issues. That's probably pretty amazing because I, I would imagine you get a lot of different different forms of, of spoken word, different types of music, different types of you know poetry or an essay or whatever it is that they choose to do. Um, so it's it probably I, I have a feeling there's probably something for everybody who who might be watching and you know taking part in that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely do think it's something for everybody. Um, the target. Uh, demographic for this event are 12 to 24 year olds. So I think uh, being here on WZIP and talking to young adults who are in their 20s and maybe who are just out of high school, talking about um, mental health issues um, and talking about places in which you can have services given to you is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, reminders for our listeners, this is Zips Unlimited 88.1 WZIP-FM. My name is Chris Kepler. Dr. John Queener is here. He's a psychology professor at the University of Akron, and he is also the executive director of Minority Behavioral Health Group. Larry Purnell is here. He's a youth ambassador for the event that he's just been talking about and uh, also uh, works at Singleton and Partners in Cleveland. Um, you know, when we... When you were saying that it's it's geared toward like twelve to twenty four, <clears throat> excuse me, years old, um, is somebody who is a little bit older than that allowed to come? Is any you know does it matter the age? <laughs> no, anyone is welcome. I think of any age you could come. Right. Um, our last event in Cleveland was um, was majorly uh, adults who brought their kids. That's kind of what I was wondering about. If I had you know, if there's maybe a thirteen or fourteen year old who wants to yes. go, is is you know, a parent or somebody allowed to tag along. I, I assume yeah. they were, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can bring your kids um, and just bringing black kids to see and have a conversation about their mental health, I think is really important and would be mm-hmm. really good way to um, break the ice. Yeah, real strength in numbers thing here, I think. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, black kids and, and black kids seeing other black kids who have some of the same concerns, some of the same challenges, some of the same thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be really, really important for them. We are talking a lot about black youth. Um, is this specifically for black youth? Well, um, this is uh, specifically um, in promotion of the For Hope Crisis Text Line. And this, uh, the For Hope Crisis Text Line is a 24-7 text line across all of Ohio where you can get contacted with a um, a counselor, a trained crisis counselor. And it's really important that we talk about mental health and we talk about um, this event regarding uh, the For Hope crisis text line. Mm-hmm. And we thought of ways um, 
uh, the community that we're having these events in could contribute and ways, you know, like Minority Behavioral Health Group and how their services are specifically for minorities and how they could partner with us for this event and provide um, materials, whether they be brochures or um, counseling information or contact information Mm -hmm. so that we can, um, you know, have a conversation where we do provide services afterward and we can, you know, have absolutely everything you need to, you know, get through any struggles you may have. Right. It'd be really cool if, you know, some of the people who maybe went to Cleveland last year, they come to Akron this year and, you know, maybe they come back, um, whether it's now or as this goes on, and maybe there's somebody who now is presenting something or, you know, maybe involved in a different way, you know, to sort of pay back yeah. um, for, you know, how the event maybe maybe sparked their own recovery and, and that sort of thing. You know, Dr. Queen, we talked a few minutes ago about <clears throat> um, some of the different problems in the community, um, uh, you know, dealing with mental health. And as I alluded to, I'm wondering if there are things that, <clears throat> you know, somebody can do, you know, our listeners, whoever happens to be hearing this, obviously, if you're in a crisis situation, that's that's one thing, and maybe use that text line to get started. Um, what is it, seven four one dash seven forty one? Yes, it's text us seven four one to seven four one to get connected to a trained crisis counselor. Okay, I'm wondering what we can do outside of that. Um, just basic advice for people who maybe, you know, maybe there are people listening who <clears throat> who are you know, contemplating like, you know, gosh, I'd like I'd love to go to this, but I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of afraid to do that. I don't want to take that <laughs> step yet, but. Maybe I do need some information or some help. What should they do? Yeah, I think the first thing you want to do is to um, reach out to people. A lot of times um, before people become clients, they say, well, I don't want to go to therapy because they're going to lay me down on the couch and they're going to read my mind and I don't want anybody reading my mind. <laughs> and that is not at all what therapy is about at You don't all. get out the ink blots or anything? Not <laughs> at all. It's more of a collaborative space where you're able to talk about what's up on your mind and um, somebody will listen to that in a non-judgmental way. So it really is a, 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 what we call a bond between the therapist and the client, which leads to a better outcome in therapy. So it's not something where the therapist is over you, going to tell you what to do, is going to be able to do things that you don't want to do or have you do things you don't want to do. It really is best when it's a collaborative relationship between mm-hmm. you and your therapist. So I think you can try it, see what it's like. Like I tell my clients all the time when they first come to me, uh, let's start here with me, but we can always go somewhere else if you don't feel like I'm a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So the best type of therapist is always looking at the interests of the client and try to make sure that the therapy fits what the client wants as opposed to trying to fit the client to what the therapist yeah, does. Yeah, shoving them into their own box as Correct. probably not going to work. You know, what if there's somebody maybe a little bit older, maybe somebody who has a, a child of whatever age or somebody else they care about, um, who maybe they're seeing some signs, some things that make them think that maybe there is a mental health issue that should be investigated. How, how do they go about that? Well, I think, again, the first thing is to talk. talk (laughs) Yeah, just talk about it. A lot of times, um, as parents, we may be afraid to approach the subject Mm -hmm. that if we give them the ideal about it, then they're actually going to act on it. For instance, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really want to talk about suicide to someone because if I talk about it, maybe they will see that as a suggestion when all the research suggests that that's not true. Mm-hmm. So I recommend that parents talk about talk to their children or talk to their 
nephews, nieces, or other children that they interact with about how they're feeling, about what they're thinking about, about what's going on, to open that door and see if yeah. they were walking in. Um, there's been a couple summits in Summit County where they've asked youth about what they want and what's going on with them. And actually the youth are saying they want mental health services, that they're interested in being able to talk to someone in a confidential manner. I, I would imagine that communication really needs to start, you know, hopefully it, it started at birth, um, you know, mm -hmm. because like Larry was just saying, you know, Larry just said that, you know, you think there are a lot of younger black males who are particularly reluctant to to talk about their feelings and maybe mm -hmm. particularly about mental health. Um, and I have a feeling that as as not just as parents, whether it's parents, teachers, coaches, older siblings, whoever, mm -hmm. whoever is important in that person's life, if they're kind of encouraging that communication that, that, that Dr. Queen was just describing, then maybe when it does come to this point, at least they're more communicative to begin with. Exactly. You know, even though that's mm -hmm. still going to be a big step to talk mm -hmm. about the mental health issues, at least there's some communication that's already established. Exactly. You've laid the groundwork for something more to happen at a later date. The other thing that I haven't mentioned I think is really important is that MBHG, as we call it, started off working with black churches in Summit County. And most people in the black community, even if they don't attend the black church, they see the black church as a friendly environment and an institution that is that they trust. So a lot of times, if we can't go to the person's firsthand, we go to other places we know where they feel comfortable. Mm. And once that connection is made, then they feel uh, okay connecting to MBHG. Okay. Once again, February 11th, noon to 4 at the Knight Center in downtown Akron. Uh, there is more information uh, available. You can go to Eventbrite. Do we need to go to Eventbrite only if I want to um, do a, a spoken word performance, or is that just to go at all? It's just to go at all, just okay. to uh, you know sign up for the event uh, so that we know that you're coming and to see if you are able to perform on the open mic. And also just, uh, just a reminder to text for hope to seven four one seven four one, and also, again, the I, I don't think we talked about this, but the first twenty five people that register will be receiving a Visa gift card. So if you do um, want to register through Eventbrite through a poster, um, we'll be having it um, in the uh, student center as well as in Kobe Hall on the billboards, on some doors, we're going to have the poster. It's going to have the QR code, mm -hmm. and you can, it links directly to the Eventbrite where you can sign up, and the first 25 people will be receiving a uh, Visa gift card. I just think it's really important, uh, going back uh, what Dr. Queen was saying, I think a really good term for education would be like education is elevation. And I feel like when you're uh, providing a service to someone who may not have it in their community and you give it to them, just like you were saying, in a black church, in a safe space where they do receive um, knowledge. Um, I think it's so important, you know, having just the, the, the vocabulary regarding your mental health is a really good key. I think even from the first event, what I found out was that there are lots of younger, 12 to 13, 14, even younger than that, black children who are who are interested in knowing what um, how to communicate their feelings and what terms 
mean, you know, I'm struggling, mean like, you know, I need help, what way to communicate that in the best way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I also like to do is recruit black students to the field of psychology. And so you sound like you might be a future psychologist <laughs> one day. So no, let wait, me. He's in school communication. Let we're me not, invite you to explore. <laughs> I didn't say change yet. Just yeah. explore what it might be like yes. to be a psychologist. But, you know, speaking of that, and usually we have people in that, you know, represent one of our um, academic units. Let's plug it. I mean, um, as far as, you know, studying psychology at the University of Akron, um, there's a lot of things you can do with that. It can be divided a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But in, in the most general sense, um, you know, what, what, what do you think is maybe the, some of the greatest benefits of pursuing that degree? Well, one, there's a great need. So um, right now, almost every counseling agency in Summit County has a waiting list, and they're looking to hire more people to serve um, as therapists. So that's one thing. The second thing is it's really hard to go through a PhD program in psychology without having a better understanding of yourself, not knowing what mental health means to you. Mm-hmm. So you grow as you go through that, that type of program. And then the third thing I think is really important is that a PhD in psychology gives you the options to do a lot of different things. You can work in community mental health. You can be a professor. You can work at a hospital. You can do consulting. So there's a variety of activities you can participate in by getting a Ph.D. in psychology. Or more than one like you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a pretty amazing psychology area here. Yes, I mean, we do. In, in some of their specialty areas, um, the research is pretty fascinating. We've had some people on this show over the years talking about you know, different things along that line. Um, so definitely something people can look into if you're you know, considering college or considering coming back or an additional degree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the information is out there. So good luck, everybody, on, on February 11th. And, and for folks who want that information, just go to Eventbrite. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Z-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88-2-88